This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Liverpool.com podcast. I am still your host Mo Stewart and alongside me I've got Matt Addison and James Martin and we're here to talk, well we're here to talk about the rest of the season basically because we're just past the halfway point in the Premier League and yet at 2.30 on Saturday afternoon it felt like we'd reached the end. Manchester City's victory against Chelsea punctured a lot of hope, there were a lot of towels being thrown in in terms of this title race, and not just because of the 13-point lead that it produced, but also seemingly the knowledge that no other team other than Liverpool feels the need to try and attack Manchester City. What's wrong with you all? So, title race is over, everyone said. We might as well all give up and go home. Is it really over, though? And if it is over, what about the rest of the season? Liverpool are still in four competitions. Liverpool have lost two games in all competitions all season long. We can't be throwing in the towel on the season completely. So we are going to look at all four of these competitions and look at the realistic expectations for trophies to see exactly how we think the rest of the season is going to pan out. So, Matt, there's been lots of doom and gloom. City are very much looking like the looming Death Star but even the Death Star had that little hole in it. So, as imperious as they look now, there's no guarantee that between now and the end of the season, they're going to continue to look exactly that way, is there? No, there, there's no guarantee. And I think that's what Jurgen Klopp and his players will be thinking about. I think it was telling that Liverpool didn't really make any changes. I wondered whether they might bring in uh, Joe Gomez or an Ibrahim Akonate for, for the weekend, but they didn't. They went absolutely 100% full strength, even though they've got Arsenal coming up in the mm-hmm. semi-final that we're going to talk about shortly. So I think they're just going to have to do what they will always do, which is get as many points on the board as possible and see what happens. I think, obviously, Liverpool have got a game in hand as we record this, if they win that. 48 points to, to 56 it's still a big gap. It's not insurmountable. I think mm-hmm. if it was probably another team, possibly you might might have a, a different sort of angle on it. Uh, the fact that it's Manchester City and the fact that they are so relentless, I think, is is what makes it really, really difficult to, to see them not going on and, and winning it. But even though Pep Guardiola won't admit it and, and won't um, accept it almost, they haven't been particularly hit no. with COVID. <laughs> they haven't been particularly hit with injuries. And that could still, at some point this season, happen. If it does, that gives Liverpool a chance. So you don't want to, uh, you don't want to give up just yet. But I do think the other competitions are far more likely to be outlets where Liverpool can win. Now, uh, Pep's been rather touchy about that whole COVID business, hasn't he, James? It's almost like he doesn't want to admit they've come out easy on it. But it is such a hard thing to factor in. But we absolutely have to because. As we've seen over the course of the last two to three seasons, we really don't know when it's coming on, from what direction it's going to come. So the rug can be pulled out from any team at any point. And obviously, as much as it, we're never going to be in a situation where we're wishing that on anybody, the fact of the remains, as Matt says, so far in this season, it's hit Liverpool and Chelsea harder than it's hit Man City. And there's no guarantee that that will continue either. No, like you say, obviously no one wants to see that at any club. It's just something that could happen to anyone and it's worth mentioning when talking about 
the title race because if, yeah, if you're looking imperious and then your best players all drop out for a week or two, then yeah, it's bound to make a difference. Trouble is with City is their squad is so deep, even if they lose fairly significant numbers, you'd probably expect them to still have some decent backup to come in. I mean, they, as you say, Pep was getting a bit defensive, saying they had some some issues with it the other week before the FA Cup. I think it was Swindon or something, and they put out one of the strongest teams you'll, you'll ever likely to see. It's some mm. 450 million odds worth of talent. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a real problem. Don't know how you've managed to get past League 2 Swindon with, with that team, Pep. Well done. But, um, yeah, it's, of course, if there's a big outbreak, then it can change the equation. You know, it only takes one surprise loss, and then suddenly... The picture changes. People are a bit more optimistic, both in the Liverpool camp and in the Chelsea camp. I'd have imagined just that sort of, yeah, it's it's the feeling as much as anything else. When they look impenetrable, it's a bit like, a, well, you know, it's over. But even though a loss only changes things by three points, it also psychologically, it has an impact on City and on the chasing pack. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. And speaking of City for one final point on this one, Matt, it, as James mentioned, a surprise defeat can happen, but you suspect it's going to take a surprise defeat because of their remaining fixtures, there's only really four where you can make a, a decent case for them dropping points. Obviously, they play against Liverpool, they have a Manchester derby, and then there's two teams with which they've struggled in recent times, Wolves and Spurs. I mean, are there any other uh, areas of opportunity, maybe around Champions League games or maybe a bit of distracted focus or something? Possibly. I think it's it's hard to predict, isn't it? I think City have, have gone on such a run up until this point. They are going to lose a game at some point. They are going to drop points. I think the, the bigger issue for me is not where the City drop points. It's even if City lost a couple of games, Liverpool would still be behind them, even if Liverpool won all of their games, which they're not going to do either. So it's it's kind of, it's, it's a buffer now where it, it doesn't particularly help. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, it, it's just hard to, it's hard to see that happening, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, no one knows yet because the, the television fixtures haven't been picked beyond February, but we don't know exactly when these games are going to be played. I think it, it could play into Liverpool's hands a little bit if Liverpool play first and can get closer the issue, I think, has, has been over the last few weeks, Liverpool having to play on a Thursday against Arsenal. They've had sort of games where City have, have gone first and won. And then it's an even bigger gap before you've even kicked off, which, again, psychologically is, is going to be difficult. So, yeah, it's it's not over, but it's very, very hard to see how Liverpool can, can maintain enough perfection, really, between now and the end of this season. I still think Liverpool will drop points and basically they, they can't afford to if they're going to win the league. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's hard to, like, I'm, I'm sitting here about to say, yeah, but, but, no. Nah, I mean, that that's pretty comprehensive. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So, let's concentrate a little bit more on the form of Liverpool, James. Now, we've, obviously, we've mentioned for all of this to happen, they would have to be, if not perfect, then as pretty much as close to it as they have been. But, it wasn't that long ago that this team won 26 out of 27 league games. And most of the players who did it are still there. Now, obviously, with the, the gap at the moment with our game in hand, even taking into account if we win that game in hand, is eight points. But all we can do at this precise moment in time is win the football matches in front of us. Now, Liverpool can win against Crystal Palace, build on the momentum from Brentford. Then there's a potential break. In that break... 
not only will the players hopefully come back from AFCON, we'll also have potentially the likes of Thiago Alcantara back, Divock Origi back, Harvey Elliott back. So regardless of whether or not the gap closes down to Manchester City, we have the ability to build some momentum in our season and maybe start putting some fear back into those over there. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, for the sake of the other competitions and even for the next Premier League season, even if Liverpool can't catch Man City, which you know, I'd be inclined to agree with. There's, there's still worth, you know, trying to get a run of steam up if, to carry into the next campaign, to carry into the Champions League campaign this season in the domestic cups. Yeah, I mean, form is, if not everything, certainly it's, it's a lot in terms of, in terms of how games go. I mean, you look at that the season where Liverpool did win the league. Just there were a lot of these kind of drab games like we saw in at Arsenal. Well, when Arsenal came to Anfield the other week, there were a lot of them. We just won them one nil. The Minamino miss goes in. You know that yeah. that's what form does for you. So um, yeah, it's it's vital that Liverpool do try and build up that head of steam, even if it's not enough for the the Premier League. And yeah, you mentioned that it's essentially the same team that managed to do it before. But I do agree that some of the players who aren't the same might be the keys. I mean, you look at Thiago, who has been so influential when he has been available pretty much throughout his Liverpool career, but particularly this season, the, the difference has been stark when he's been available and when he hasn't been. So, yeah, if he can get a run of games, then again, it's a whole new ball game. Likewise, Harvey Elliott, obviously we've not seen much of him in a Liverpool shirt, but what we have seen, we've liked a lot. It's very promising. Mm. Again, something different in the midfield, which I think is probably the the main root of, of Liverpool's recent problems. It's hard because some games they've looked as creative as you like and they've also been leaky at the back. You think of like the three all with Brentford, you think of the two all with Brighton. But more recently, the problem has been creativity. It's been more noticeable when Salah and Mane have been away. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, um, but e- even when they're back in, I think possibly the biggest concern for Klopp will be creating those chances just because everyone sits so deep against us now. I mean... For a team which was initially built on kind of high press, win the ball back high, it's hard when no one's really trying to keep the ball. So, you know, they're just passing it and punting it. There's, there's not much you can do with that. So the fact that Liverpool are still doing as well as they are is testament to Klopp's adaptability. But yeah, the, the next adaptation is definitely sort of repeatable, reliable chances being carved out from the midfield. That's why he's tried to change the number eight role this season to make it a bit more offensive. But you need the players for it, and those players might just be Thiago and Harvey Elliott. Yeah, and we need to maybe, if not completely encase them in cotton wool, then maybe work on some kind of cloning system so we don't have to rely on them being fit all the time. So let's move on from the Premier League into the other big shiny trophy, the Champions League. Now, Liverpool have got a tougher assignment than some others in the last 16 round against the best team in Serie A, undoubtedly this season, in Inter Milan. They are top of the table. But, James, as we said before on the show, when we did the draw show back when it came out, Liverpool were told that they had a very, very tough group and they navigated it quite easily. So, confidence-wise, in the Champions League, Liverpool have been at their best. So, should fear absolutely no one when it comes to the last 16 and even beyond. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it kind of links into what I was saying before as well, because the Champions League, more than the Premier League, you have teams who actually try and play some football against Liverpool. That's not to discredit the teams who do just sit deep and go long, because they've had some joy out of it. Why wouldn't they do that? If anything, it's surprising that more teams in the Champions League don't do it. But even the the sort of mismatch sides where Liverpool are clear favourites, you do often see them 
stepping up to Liverpool a little bit, perhaps because they're not used to playing the Klopp side. They think, oh yeah, we can we can maybe just play our usual game, and then they get ruthlessly punished. So yeah. I think that's maybe why why we've seen the best version of Liverpool in the Champions League. It's because they can play the sort of classic Klopp way, if you like. Um, Inter, are, you know, very streetwise. They're not going to come all guns blazing. So Liverpool can't expect just to have opening after opening. But I do think potentially they will have more opportunities than they would in a sort of typical Premier League game. And like you say, the way they navigated the groups is going to give them a lot of confidence. You say Inter are the best team in Serie A, which they have been, but they're being pushed close by AC Milan, who obviously Liverpool played in the groups and dismantled in the groups. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the league table, they should be on a similar-ish level. Obviously, it doesn't work exactly like that. um, It's not as if their poles apart in terms of performance in in Serie A this season. So, yeah, hopefully, if if, I mean, Liverpool aren't going to need to dismantle them, but if they can get the same result as they got against the other Milan side, then no problems. Hey, we don't need to win 5-0. We just need to win. I think at this stage of the competition, that is the mantra. Now, Matt, I know that you are similarly quietly confident as James to Liverpool's progression through against Inter Milan. So let's go to beyond that. Now, obviously, one of PSG and Real Madrid not getting beyond the last 16 will definitely help. But there are still dangerous teams out there. Obviously, Bayern Munich are still the team to beat for a lot of people. And then we've got the English contingent and even Juventus, potentially resurging Juventus to deal with towards the end of the season. So... How many other teams are you genuinely fearful or can win it uh, when you consider Liverpool? And where do you consider Liverpool within them? I think Liverpool are right up there. I think Real Madrid this season uh, are maybe better than what they were in in previous seasons over the last few months. I think that's fair to say. Not that I've seen a huge amount of them, to be honest. I think Bayern Munich would be up there. But I think for me, the most likely thing is that it will be another All-English final. I, I really... I really do think that that's a, a massive possibility, which is slightly terrifying from a Liverpool perspective in that you would not want to lose that final. Um, but yeah, one step at a time. Can Liverpool go all the way? Yeah, absolutely they can. It wouldn't massively surprise me if you know we had a, a Chelsea City or a Liverpool City, Liverpool-Chelsea semi-final or whatever. Possibly Bayern Munich are probably the most likely to get you know further in the competition. Be interesting to see what happens in the, the PSG Real Madrid game. As I say, I think Real Madrid are a lot better um, than, than they were last season. I think they, they they've probably got the edge in that one. I don't know if that's you know a common sort of uh, opinion. Uh, I'm just not massively convinced at all by PSG in Europe. So yeah, I think it's it, it's most likely to be an English team that, that goes all the way and wins it. But in terms of of which one, Liverpool are at least as likely as the other two. I think that's a fair shout. I think in terms of the all-English tie, there's a certain inevitability about it, James. But the beauty of the Champions League, or maybe the curse of the Champions League, is that the draw does really make a difference. Now, Liverpool could be in a situation where Chelsea against Manchester City and Real Madrid against Bayern Munich are all on one side of the draw and Liverpool aren't. So we'd only have to beat one of those four teams to get to the final. Or we may have to beat three of them. We don't know. That is the beauty of this competition, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, one would be nice. I, really, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know if I can if I can take another knockout tie against Chelsea. I mean, they were very much kind of formative in my, in my years growing up watching Liverpool in the Champions League. And 
yeah, I, I don't think I've recovered quite enough uh, to do that again, even though you'd probably rather have them than, than a City realistically, just because, I mean, financially and on the football pitch, like the, the disparities are bigger than you'd hope. I mean, the fact that the difference on the pitch is as small as it is, is obviously testament to, to Klopp and to what he's put together. But not, I mean, every side in world football goes in against City as fairly big underdogs, especially over two legs. Um, it's just it's just the way it is these days, which is, you know, it's it's not the most exciting thing in the world. But yeah, if you're gonna have if you're gonna face them, you'd rather face them in the final or it's a one off game. You know, they've obviously got the baggage of getting to a final and losing it and, you know, never having won the competition, whereas Liverpool have very much the opposite in terms of their their psychology going into it. And yeah, in a one-off game, you never know who's going to come out on top in this sort of Klopp Guardiola battle. It's, I mean, you still wouldn't go into it brimming with confidence, but you'd, I, I definitely prefer to face them in the final than before that. See, this is all true, and like we said before, in Manchester City, you can look at it in two ways and say, yes, they are very powerful and very big, but they've never done it in the Champions League so far, and they've been favourites before, and they've fallen at the same hurdle. So, as much as I agree with you. I do think that from a Liverpool point of view, a game against Man City would be nervous, would be stressful. It may not necessarily work out in our favour. However, I do think that we are absolutely the last team they want to see. Mm. So from that perspective, it might just work in our favour. And also, imagine imagine how good it would be to have to go through all of the build-up where all of the fear of the fact, well... Maybe they're finally going to win the Champions League, and then we beat them. <laughs> Think yeah. about how good that is. Like, just mm, so beautiful. Okay, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Uh, you mentioned Chelsea and potentially not wanting to face them either. They are more than likely going to be our barrier to winning the first bit of silverware of the season, as they are in the final, awaiting us in the League Cup. Obviously, Matt, we've got the second leg of the game against Arsenal to get through first. And after the first leg, maybe some people aren't quite as optimistic considering it was a rather large opportunity missed against 10 men at home. But we did win the last time we were at Arsenal's ground last season. And we do still believe that we are a better side than Arsenal, regardless of who actually makes it onto the pitch and when. So as much as it was a a bad game on Thursday night, we should be able to put it out of our system quite easily, shouldn't we? Yeah, I have to admit, I'm not quite as as um, optimistic as what I was heading into the first leg, having seen how well Arsenal played in terms of, of defensively. I think the only thing that gives me a bit more hope is that it's going to be a very different game, isn't it? Obviously, well, you'd imagine that they're not going to go down to 10 men again. They wouldn't make the same mistake again, though, with Arsenal, you can never rule it out. Um it's it, it's going to be a much more open game. They're going to have to go for it a lot more than what they did. Mm-hmm. I think that does play into Liverpool's hands. I think that, I mean, even against Brentford, to be honest, we saw, even though Liverpool didn't particularly make the most of the counter-attacking opportunities, when Brentford had one or two sort of long throw opportunities, they pushed a few players forward, they left only two or three players back. That's when the, the spaces started to, to open up, obviously, and, and that's when Liverpool looked most fluid and, and most sort of capable of, of going at them. I think if Liverpool can get that right against Arsenal, you, you'd imagine there'll be a lot more opportunities to do that than there were against Brentford. So, yeah, I, I fancy I fancy Arsenal to score, but I think Liverpool will have 
enough just about to, to get through and, and get through to that final. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough couple of games if it is, you know, Liverpool to get through. Chelsea in the final will be difficult, but again, you'd fancy Liverpool on a, a one-off occasion to be able to, to get the better of them. Obviously, by that point, you'd hope that maybe Thiago and, and Elliot are back, maybe... Well, definitely Mane and, and Salah will be back by that point. So, yeah, one step at a time. Beat Arsenal first and then see what happens. But, yeah, I'd fancy Liverpool just about to get through in that one, I think. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, obviously Klopp and his players are not going to be counting any chickens. They're going to be giving Arsenal all the respect that they deserve, James. But that's not what we're going to do on the show. We do with hypotheticals here. So I'm already hypothetically giving Liverpool that victory and taking us on to that final matchup against Chelsea. Now, the two games against Chelsea in the league so far this season have been very interesting. I think you probably get different versions of who came out on top and who should have won, depending on which fan base or manager you spoke to. But Liverpool have got a big chance if in a one-off game, as we mentioned, against anybody. And if you look at Chelsea from last season, they had won one final and lost one final. And they fared better as underdogs against Man City than favourites against Leicester in the FA Cup. So, were it to be a Liverpool against Chelsea final, who would you say were the favourites? Hmm, that is a tricky one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm biased, but I, I think I've given them all the edge. Um it's it's hard because I don't want to disrespect Tuchel in any way. I mean, you look at the last year or two he's had, I think, I can't remember when it started, but he's got to every final that he could have been in for a weirdly long amount of time now, sort of going back 18 months or something. Um, he hasn't won all of them, of course, but it's a good record to have. Uh, but equally, you look at some of the moments he's had against Liverpool where he's just kind of lost his head. I mean, what always sticks in my mind, it's going back a bit now, but after the uh, the Borussia Dortmund game with the uh, obviously the Lovren winner, he just... He was just going on about how there's no tactical or logical reason for it to happen. He threw his toys out the pram a little bit. And yeah, it just seems to have been in a state of kind of being permanently rattled against Liverpool ever since. Like sometimes he's got the results, but he never looks he never looks as assured as he does in other games when he comes up against Liverpool. He always seems to be kind of worried that Lovren's gonna turn up from somewhere and slam in another header. Um and yeah, I I just I always I can't say I feel confident because there's so much history with Liverpool and Chelsea and obviously in the here and now they're an excellent side as well so you're never going to go into it thinking oh yeah this is definitely a win but I always think yeah I reckon we might nick this one whereas when it's City I feel like maybe you're a better fan than me because I feel like even with City you feel that way Uh, I'm always more nervous with City and think well if we can get a result I'll be very happy but I'm going in with low expectations whereas Chelsea I always think yeah I think we're probably the favourites. Hey Blind and dumb ignorance is not always better. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, finally, let's look at the fourth in the priority list, which is the FA Cup. Now, obviously, the FA Cup, I still think is a great competition, but it is fourth simply because in the League Cup, we are two games away from the trophy. Now, we don't know what the rest of the fixture list for this season is going to look like, Matt. There's already been lots of postponed Premier League games. There's lots of talk about where they're going to fit in, where the windows are going to be, which teams are going to lose out from having to play so many games in a tight space of time. So with that in mind, and with the fact that obviously Liverpool, as I mentioned, are two games potentially from a domestic trophy, does this become a more... A, a, a competition that's easier to let go of? 
let's say, rather than one that we would actively go out not looking to win games? I think it depends entirely on the draw, to be honest. Obviously, Cardiff next, you'd fancy Liverpool to, to be able to, to beat them. The Arsenal semi-final, assuming that that goes ahead, obviously Arsenal's game with Tottenham was off. Assuming that happens this week, that's then out of the way if Liverpool are through. The final is is obviously in a few weeks' time. You don't have to think about that yet. If they're not through, then it's over anyway. So I think you'd fancy them to get through against Cardiff and then it's just a case really of seeing who you get in the next round, seeing when that round is. I'm not entirely sure exactly where it fits into to the calendar just off the, the top of my head, but I can have a look in a, in a minute or two. But it, it just sort of, for me, it's it's entirely, entirely on who do Liverpool get? Do Manchester City get an easy draw or a, a hard draw? Mm-hmm. If Manchester City get drawn against Chelsea, for example, suddenly then you're starting to think, Maybe we should go for this one a little bit more. But I think it, it's got to be the fourth priority in terms of, of the list at this point. But it's it, it's worth having a bit of a go. If if Liverpool are not going to win the league, which I think between us, we kind of came to the conclusion that that was unfortunately quite likely. I think you can then start to, to maybe look at the other competitions. Liverpool are going to breeze into the top four this season. That's not going to be an issue. So you can maybe then start to think, well, is it really worth playing a full-strength 11 against, I don't know, Leeds, for example, whenever that gets rearranged over an FA Cup tie, which you know could potentially be argued to be more important? I think there's there's going to be cases to argue further down the line. But as I say, depends on the draw. If Liverpool draw Manchester City, obviously then you have to go strong. But I think it will be, to a large extent, dictated by other circumstances. That's normally been the case, really. I think we've seen in the past the times when Liverpool have gone stronger in the FA Cup. It's because we've played against Chelsea. Not necessarily in Everton, obviously. OK, so, James, final question on this one. It's been 10 years since Liverpool reached the final of the FA Cup. It's been 16 years since they won it. And I'm just going to say it. It's been 21 years since Liverpool won all three cup competitions they entered. Now, these are the kind of things that fans think about. These aren't really the kind of things that Klopp and his players would think about because, well, for most of them, they weren't even around during that time. But think about how good that would be to replicate that 2001 experience. Could you imagine it? I mean, I was three in 2001, so I can't, I, can't, I can't imagine it that clearly. But obviously, I can imagine how good it would be. And it would be a slight upgrade as well, right, with the, uh, with the Champions League over the, mm-hmm. uh, the, UEFA, you know, the UEFA Cup or whatever it was called then. Um, so, yeah, um, definitely, I, I'm all for it. Like, as, as, as Matt points out, we're not, we're not conceding the league, but there does come a point where it's like, OK, where, where are the realistic chances of winning silverware? Mm. And... Yeah, you can. It, that allows you to go stronger in the cup, which means, yeah, it becomes a realistic possibility. It, the only sort of question mark is the league is tighter than you think. Because I mean, everyone. I mean, I think the same way. That's my natural inclination. It's like, oh yeah, top four is definitely wrapped up. And then you have a quick glance at the league. It's like, our oh, league is not as much as I thought it might have been. Uh, so it's like, Klopp needs to make sure that's wrapped up because I mean, financially and competitively, everyone knows that being in the Champions League next season. Mm-hmm still the most important thing but if we can get away with getting that fairly safe and putting out strong teams in the other cups then yeah I mean that's what fans want you want they want to lift silverware and it's you know even if you end up 15 20 points behind City you're still thinking this is a very successful season if you end up doing a treble so I mean yeah. it goes saying really obviously um 
Yeah, I'd be, I'd be keen to see us go strong in the cups. I, I just looked up then that the fifth round comes between a potential Carabao Cup final, West Ham, and then it's into the following week. So it's it's not the best time to be going mm-hmm. strong. I think mm-hmm. if, there's, if there's no Carabao Cup final, maybe you could do it. But I think uh, West Ham at home on the 5th of March is one that you probably have to go fairly strong because they're having a brilliant season. Yeah. So in that regard, probably hasn't come at the perfect time to, to do what I wanted. But if you can get through that, Obviously, then in future rounds, it, it might be something that comes into play. Well, here's hoping that we get Kidderminster at home in the fifth round then, just to deal with that one. <laughs> but I'm still reeling from the news that James was literally three years old while I was at university. So I'm going to go away and think about that for a while. I Hopefully, we've given all of you who are a little bit depressed about the weekend a little bit more ammunition to feel optimistic about the season. There's still plenty of avenues for successful Liverpool Football Club. James, Matt, thank you very much, as always, for joining me on this little journey. For all of you out there, I hope you've enjoyed it too. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.